Hello everyone and welcome back to Face for Radio. It is Sam here and I am absolutely delighted to see you all back with us again for another jam-packed, fun-filled episode, which is brought to you again by Roan. Roan is clothing that inspires men to live healthy, strong and free. Building best-in-class products is no easy task. In fact, it is a gruelling process of trial, error and at times unexpected success. Roan work tirelessly to ensure the products you order exceed expectations. Roan is clothing made for men specifically, for everything from the gym to the office, and we are teaming up with them and Podgo to bring our listeners this exclusive offer of 25% off a pack of three Roan polo shirts by going to podgo.co slash Roan. That's podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash R-H-O-N-E for 25% off a pack of three polos. Roan, clothing that helps you move forward forever. I hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Hello, and welcome back to this brand new episode of Face for Radio. Hello. Wow. OMG, wow. OMG, so random. I know, I, I didn't think of that when I, when I was in my head. Wow, guys, what's going on here? I don't know. I have no idea. Tiredness is certain, I think. This happens every time we reach episode three of the miniseries and we're like a bit tired. Yeah. This is... And we just sort of start coming You just went into, like, Swedish or something. Well, I mean, it is like nine o'clock now, isn't like, it, or something like that. You weren't speaking English there, I'm fairly certain. It is fully seven. Seven? Good lord, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Just for today, my name is Sam Brown. Why did you say that like you were signing it? Because I wanted to, Reuben. And today... It sounded like you'd forgotten midway through. Hi there, my name is Jason... I'm Mr. Tumble. <laughs> and I am joined today by handcrafter of chocolate dart flights. It's Reuben Austin, everyone. So, of chocolate what? Dart flights. You know Reuben. Dart You flights. know what a dart flight is. You, you, you manufacture them. You handcraft I them. I do, I manufacture them out of chocolate, like a northern Willy Wonka. How are you doing, everyone? And I'm also joined by some boy. Have you ever seen him without a boiled sweet in his mouth? It's Scott Copeland. The answer to that is no, because I like I like sweets a lot. I eat them for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But hi, I'm Scott Copeland. That was an honestly incredible sentence. It was. It was great and accurate. Good to know. Which brings us to this episode's dad joke or bad joke. Bad joke or dad joke. I chose an acty joke. I chose an acty joke to try and stick with the actor theme. Ooh. When you say acty joke, do you mean you're acting it out or we ha- or like charades? No, 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 no. It's just to do with like actors, but it's it, it would be difficult to act it out. Yeah, I, I was so going to say, Sam, you've, you've 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 missed the point of podcasts. No, you it's just to, it. it's just to do with actors. But it's actually it's 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 just a funny story from from my life, really. Um, I got on quite well with my postman. His name was Dave. He's quite nice. He had a funny beard. Does his name have to be Dave? Not not long ago, he uh, he left his job uh, as a postman to become an actor. But b- between you and me, boys, and the people listening, I don't think he'll really make it very far. Uh, his delivery was not very good. Okay. Okay, I'm in, I'm in two minds about that. Um, why is he Dave? Why could he not, for the purposes of the story, be called Scott? You have thought far too much into this joke, Reuben. Yeah, that's like that's my thing, isn't it? That's like my my niche. Thinking too much. Yeah. <laughs> Good lord. I I thought I thought it was clever. I'll I'll give it a dad joke. Yay! I will say 
Hang on, Sam. What did, what did you say mine was? Bad joke. I think I originally said dad joke, but when you started taking it too far, I said bad joke then. Right, because because I'm nicer than Sam, I'll say dad joke. Yay! Do-do-do! Oh, look at that. Only because Sam's the editor and he could literally edit out my entire episode. Yeah, he can make Ruben. it sound horrendous. Ruben, please, can you give me a melodica? Do-do-do! Um, one sec. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? So close. So close. Yet so close. What after? It's so loud. Can I just point out that that, 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 that buying Ruben that that present is arguably the, the biggest oh. achievement of the last year for me Lads, and Sam. It is that time again we've come to the play us the melodica point of the podcast. I bet my neighbours just hate me. Does this mean that every time we record now I need to have the melodica like on me? Yes. <laughs> so that's it for us today. Yeah, that's it. It's a goodbye from me. Um, <laughs> so Sam. Yeah, we've not we've not spoken about Sam's life yet. It's that time of the week again where we learn a bit more about Sam. I mean, it's a weekly occurrence, isn't it? It's that bit again. We haven't done it before. So Sam. Hello, Scott. Are you taking on role of presenter this week? I have. That is so exciting. <laughs> I know. Seventeen. What was it? How many weeks? Seventeen. Eighteen. This will be like whatever. nineteen now. Nineteen weeks 19, in, yeah. and this is my time. Time to shine. It's brilliant. Right, bear in mind, this is your main opportunity so far okay so i'm, I'm just I'm, I'm referring to my notes uh so sam your the um what was life like for you as a teeny tiny chubby cheeked little baby child toddler whatever you like to call yourself and... you, you know what scott <laughs> believe it or not when i was a toddler i was an absolute nightmare i can believe that no way like we're talking like very young but when i was like like a toddler I would not sit still, which you can probably believe that. I, I would not sit still. Yeah. I would not stop being, I would argue, curious. Everyone else would say naughty <laughs> in terms of picking things up that didn't belong to me, climbing on things that were too big for me to feasibly climb on, throwing myself off those particular things. I can relate to this. Yeet. I mean, it's so unrelated, but it's just popped into my head. There is a picture of me, which I'll... I'll send you afterwards. It's it's really funny. You know you know the the baby gates you get to to stop toddlers get like falling downstairs and and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was very young, I would come out of my room in the middle of the night and I would crawl like towards the stairs where the baby gate was. And on several occasions, my mum found me hanging off the top of the gate. Because I'd managed to somehow climb over this gate that was two times the size of me. Spoiler alert, but have you seen The Incredibles 2? Yes. Not seen The Incredibles 1 yet. Oh, Oh, Scott, you are absolutely missing out there. Um, But you know when, like, uh, you know, basically just Jack Jack's entire storyline in the second film, (laughs) it's exactly that. But it got to the point where, so my mum decided it was safer to put the baby gate on my door frame, right? That's fair enough. But then it got to the point where I was climbing that one too. And whenever she would put me back and I got too tired to climb I would do this thing where I I took all my clothes off and I shoved my legs through the bars and I would sleep with one of the bars right stuffed between my legs um, I mean you, you, your dedication to learning about your life some must be right. hell of a I don't know why I thought of this it was just when I was being naughty so then the next step was my mum got told by the the healthcare assistant that was helping her to like look like not look after me to like uh what's the word advise Ma- about looking after manager babies. control um, you she suggested putting a lock on my door so that i couldn't climb and, and endanger myself but my mom didn't like the idea of that so she got a second baby gate 
put that one on top of the first baby gate, so it was like I was in a barred cell. This sounds like Total Wipeout, and I'm loving it. Total Wipeout Baby Edition. Right. But then came the point where little toddler me had that moment where he looks up at this lumen gate in front of him, and he sees that six-inch gap right at the top. (laughs) 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 And And you like the challenge. uh, My mum did hear the noise and came up to find me stuck (laughs) hanging on top of the second gate (laughs) 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 touching the top of the door frame at the ripe old age of like two so that was the point where further action was taken (laughs) and the baby gates were taken down to save my life and then and then five years later you were let out of your room (laughs) (laughs) yeah this is where we found out that sam's actually rapunzel i mean basically yeah i was just a, a naughty climber I would say, but like going into school, I didn't carry any of that over with me. It was like my mama always said it was it was she couldn't believe what the teachers said about me in school because I was so well behaved. And then when I got home, I was such a nuisance. Like, like you were put you like you were putting on your best, you you were showing your best side to the school. I mean, I would argue similarly to what I am now. I would just be really polite in school. I was I I was a really polite kid. In school, I I would say I was thoughtful and respected the teachers, respected my elders and and my peers. But when I came home in like early primary school days, it was like me and my sister, as you know, with siblings, me and my sister would argue all the time. Really? You and your sister are siblings? I know, right? Shock, horror. I know. I never never would have guessed that. I never would have told you. I was a bit of a nuisance, yeah. But as I got older, I, I... settled down in terms of that so did did your uh, personality at home lead into you being interested in the arts or was this something that you picked up while you were in school were you did you pick up the bug from a lesson or was it something that like like in my story did your parents send you somewhere to control yourself or not so much that um my parents sent me to all the clubs <laughs> because all of them when i was doing clubs the the thought process was we're gonna tire this kid out so that when <laughs> he gets home he he won't be running around the furniture like this um so i was in like cross country i did football cricket tag rugby i did all the drama stuff it none of it worked okay <laughs> like i just had energy <laughs> from nowhere none of it worked but it did get me really interested in like pretty much everything I, like, in primary school, I was in, like, every club going. I was doing everything. I was doing stuff after school. None of it seemed to... Like, I had so much energy that I couldn't get rid of. But my earliest memory of, like, acting was very, very similar to Ruben. Me and Ruben have, have led such similar lives, to be honest. Hearing his stories, it was quite, like, mind-opening for me. I was like, oh, that's so similar. But yeah, in your, in, in reception... I just have this memory of I was cast as Wilf the Wolf in the Nativity, right? Oh yeah. I'm sorry, you were cast as the Wolf in the Nativity. Wilf the Wolf, yeah. Because there was a wolf present at the birth of Christ. It doesn't sound like that big of a deal, okay? It doesn't sound like that big of a deal. I had one line, and it was something like "I'm going to eat you, sheep," right? That kind of deal. But it was just that I was the only reception kid with a line. Uh, uh, yeah. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I'm I'm the big guy around here now. I've got a line, and I get a wolf mask. This feels good. What more could a person want? A wolf mask and a line. It took that step further where in year one, after joining the choir and reception, my singing teacher said to me in, in a, a choir lesson one day, can you wait at the end? And me being my five-year-old polite self said, absolutely. 
I love waiting at the end. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> and she said, we're going to have to work on a song because you're playing Joseph uh, and you've got a solo. And of course, being five and not really knowing what any of that meant, I just went along with it, singing Don't Worry Mary. Uh, a bop. Yeah. Do you know that one, Reuben? No. Don't worry, Mary. <laughs> Still no. <laughs> it goes on. I mean, I mean, I prefer the... I, 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 I prefer the dubstep version. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Mary. Mary of Nazareth. <laughs> Mary, other deji. Okay, let's not get blasphemous now, boys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. And I did that and I liked it. But I think my school worked differently than yours because all of the, the Key Stage 1 kids were split in half. Not like each kid was chopped in half, like murder, but the number of kids was split into two groups. I mean, I would hope not, because otherwise, how are you here? That is that is very different to how we did it in our school. Yeah, in Scott's school, they just murdered them. We got a time out, you get split in half. <laughs> of course. One group would do the nativity, and one group would do Santa and his naughty elves. So then in year two, it came uh, as no surprise to my already celebrity status that I was cast as Santa Claus. Sure. Did you grow the beard out for the role? (laughs) (laughs) Scott, I still couldn't grow the beard out for the role, let's be honest, kid. Yeah, that's true. I hear you. you, You've not got my abilities in the beard growing apart. So yeah, like, early memories was just being cast as all these superstar roles at such a young age. I was basically a child star. Oh, I, I knew I'd dislike you at some point in my life. So. <laughs> We're going to Neil Patrick Harris over here. Oh, no, I'm, I never had a proper lead until last year, and now you just ruined it for me. <laughs> it all went downhill in year six when we did a, a version of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. Please tell me you were Goldilocks. Goldilocks was on trial. Ruben will love this. Goldilocks was on trial. Wait, what? <laughs> for, for her crimes against the bears. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, and I was part of the... Ju- of, I was like one of the judges in the court, but the four judges were just X-Factor judges, and I was dressed as a leprechaun playing Louis Walsh. <laughs> 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 oh, that's, bo- that's boost of the morale. <laughs> that's good, that like you look like a criminal. You sound like a criminal. You're free to, you're free to jail. <laughs> it was it was that, but for like two hours, and it was really it was quite special. Uh, it was awful, and I hated it. But there we are. Can I just apologise to any viewers that are from Ireland for my abysmal impression <laughs> of an Irish person? You're going to jail. It's not me Scottish. I'll give it that. Year six, doing that, and then. Did any of you do like special assemblies where the year groups would like lead an assembly? Oh yeah, yeah. they were they were the best. Yeah, so I loved them. I was I was King Henry the Eighth. I loved my year six teacher, but looking back, obviously when you love a teacher, they can do no wrong, right? It's like they're so cool. Oh yes. But looking back, she must have been so unorganized because we practiced our assembly the day before, and she decided she was going to show the life of John Lennon. Oh dear God. <laughs> So you were John Lennon then? Through the medium of a play, (laughs) which lasted half an hour. (laughs) And I was cast as John Lennon. Right. And I played John Lennon in John Lennon. Sure. Which I do also have a photo of that I can put on Instagram because it's hilarious. How far into his life did you get? We did his whole life, Scott. And I did learn the script in one night. Right. Nice. Which was where I learned about my slightly photographic memory from that point. And I was kind of like, yeah, that's really good. I can learn lines really fast. Which is useful to be an actor. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's what you want. But like, still talking about primary school, I do have this one memory that is like my almost 
I don't know how to put it, earliest memory of realism, or this this form of realism that everyone thinks is the way it is to be an actor, where we were doing our leavers assembly, and, you know, at the time, it's the biggest deal in the world, year six leaving. Oh, yeah. And going to big school. And I remember we had to stand up, and we just had to say our name and what we wanted to do when we left school to to do a job. And in our rehearsal, I stood up and I said, uh, when I leave school, I want to be a footballer or an actor. Right. Right? Fair enough. Sure, yeah. You're a kid. And I just remember being told, I don't remember if it was my teacher or someone that was watching, I just remember being told, look, Sam, like, you're an all right singer. You know, you've just won Coxo Primary School's Got Talent singing James Bond by Scouting for Girls. <laughs> Incredible. You're okay, but that's a bit unrealistic, isn't it? Maybe you should say something else as well. And I remember standing up in front of like my parents that were there and all the other parents in the school and saying, when I leave school, I'd like to be a footballer or an actor, but I know this isn't very realistic, so instead I'll be a mathematician. Jesus. Which is sad. That's so sad. Was it, was it a cheater who said that to you? I don't remember, in all honesty, I don't remember what it was. Well, whoever they are, they sound like a proper prickedinger. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to be a real prick to say that to a child. Like... Absolute. Nah. There you go. We need a swear noise now, don't we? I apologise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go on, Scott, give us one. Crikey-dinger. There we go, that's a swear no, noise. No, Scott! Scott! <laughs> 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 Can the swear noise just be Scott saying <laughs> Crikey-dinger. Over Scott saying Scott, okay, you have was... one more chance. Uh, um, uh, Crikey-dinger. Okay. Crikey-dinger. <laughs> Maybe the dingo stole your baby. Right, but one thing I, I do want to ask is, for either of you two, do you know... Any mathematicians? I mean, what, like a like a career mathematician? Yeah, like, do you know any mathematicians? Because, like, because I don't. My dad teaches maths. <laughs> yeah. And therefore has encountered mathematicians before, and I've been like, oh, it's that guy. Well, go on. Who, who then, Ruben? Come on. I would, I would argue that being a mathematician is a lot less common or realistic than being an actor yeah that's very true same with the footballer footballers are common as like you can pick you can you can find a footballer on the end of your street <laughs> i mean what what street do you live on scott well you can't that's not unrealistic at all <laughs> yeah it's how is being a, a, a career mathematician more likely than being an actor <laughs> when when you clearly showed aptitude for performance and i don't know if you did for maths or not maybe i was good at maths i must admit so it's like why Surely you'd, you'd think of something where you can... You, um, I want to be a, an actor or a footballer, but I know that's not realistic. So instead I'll be an accountant. Like, accountants are everywhere. It's what we pretend to be doing. We don't know what it meant to be an actor. I mean, I, I slightly envy you two, because you two kind of... You, you, had, you had options. I was either be an actor or be unemployed. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, because I, I, didn't, I, didn't I didn't really have any options going into anything else. Like, there was never any moment where somebody said to me, oh, you, you could be... You could be this instead. I was like, nah, you, 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 you know, you know what you like. I can't convince you otherwise. Oh, Scott. Yeah. I was nearly a teacher, though, technically, so I suppose that could be my other option. Yeah. Well, then again, would you really trust me to mark your work? Absolutely not. Who, 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 would, be the, <laughs> who would look at that and think, oh, that's a good idea? I'd love to see Scott marking papers and getting confused by the answers that the kids are giving. I would. <laughs> I didn't mention. I didn't mention this in my episode. I was a teacher for a summer a few years ago. I taught drama. Oh, that, that makes sense. Sorry, this isn't my episode, but go on, Sam, continue. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, shut up, Scott. It's not about you. It's about Sam. Hijacked. So, Sam, when you got to when you got to college, for example, did you uh, did you happen to have moments where you 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 strayed away from acting, or did you go to college and study acting and music and stuff like that as well? Or I would say I had a period. 
through like secondary school i was doing quite a bit um i did like panto do you know uh, do you know david essex yeah oh yeah i did panto with him very good he was captain hook and i was john in peter pan oh that's well cool do you know daisy wood davis yeah she was in was it beautiful in the West End recently, is that what it's called? Oh yeah, the Carol King. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was my Wendy. She was your Wendy. Was she now? That's wild. Yeah. You know John and Wendy are siblings, right, Scott? Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So, just, was she just, now? Yeah, she just, was. Just the way you said it, I was like, was she now? Like, all right. I, well, I wasn't referring to anything, Reuben. Like, that's a different reading of Peter Pan to the one that I know. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And in like in the same year, I think it was the same year I did. You boys will know my voiceover for Mamas and Papas. I, d- I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Did you not? No. I w- I was Marvin the monkey. Oh my god! What? I I'll send you a link. There's an advert with some of my voice. Do it! Band. Oh my god! All of this. Yeah, I didn't know any of this. And I mean, literally everything we've mentioned has to go on the uh, the Instagram. Basically, it was called an Astra Cradle. So it was like a cradle itself rocks for a baby. And there's like hanging animals where if they pull down, the animal makes a noise, right? That's well cool. And I was the monkey. So I had to do like songs and like noises being Marvin the monkey. Um, so for all those poor scarred children out there who are now probably secondary school age who spent their childhood listening to me, ooh, ooh, ah, ah, <laughs> I can only apologize. <laughs> Crikey. I had, I you've never told me that. I thought I say usually I brag about this stuff. I try and not talk about it because I think I talk about it too much. No, just just be like me and talk about it all the time. <laughs> Guys, did you know that I was the engineer in Miss Saigon? Whoa, were you? You're a Miss Saigon. Seriously, you say hello to Ruben and you get his life story in return. Just... That's true. Yeah, but yeah, I was Emo in our house in secondary school. I did. Um, nice. I was Mushnick and Little Sharp. Uh, what else? Did I, I, did, I was popping We'll Rock You. Oh. You were Captain Ahab in Moby Dick. Not quite. That's later on down the line, Scott. Yes, that's with me. Um, let, it, let him get there. He'll get but there. my drama teacher in secondary school really urged me on. Honestly, is one of my inspirations still to this day. He was so committed to everyone that wanted to do drama in school to be able to like follow that uh, and encouraging them to follow that rather than leading them like down a different path was really inspirational that's i really like that yeah you, you need you need people like that yeah especially especially considering the last person who gave you any advice told you it wasn't realistic well that's true it's probably what you need a kick a, a kick in the backside to get it done but then you know when you you take your like post 16 options for like six former college yeah yeah i was looking around my school where i was at the time and they just cancelled the drama a level they just for my year, they cancelled it. They were cutting the arts in the school. Because oh, I'd never considered moving schools until that. And then I was like, right, well, maybe I should look at other places because, like, you know, it's good to have your options. Anyway, I, I went to a few open days and found the sixth form that I eventually chose. I really enjoyed it. But when I went to go and choose the options, the four that I was going to take... um didn't fit into the same timetable so my plan was i was going to be an accountant right that was my job i was going to be an accountant sure it wasn't so much anyone really telling me i i shouldn't act because my parents and and my family have always been supportive about anything i wanted to do it was in my head i was like yeah i shouldn't act i'll never get a, a steady job uh i should do something i'm good at i'm good at maths i'll be an accountant my uncle's an accountant i've seen he's successful He's happy. Uh, it's just a, a good path to go down. I'll be an accountant. So my options that I was taking in sixth form were accounting, business, finance and marketing, and maths. Sounds gross. Which was heavy. And when I got there, 
finance and marketing didn't fit my schedule. So I said to my mum, look, it was going to be heavy anyway. I'll take performing arts. And then at the end of the first year, I'll drop that one. Because like the plan is usually to drop one and take three A-levels. Yeah. So I did that. Came out of first year. I, I mean, Ruben, you'll know this. Somehow between GCSE and A-level, maths just got super, super different and hard. And didn't make any sense. They changed math. Why did they change math? Yeah. And I just couldn't do it. I got like, I got a D for my S level and I was like, mom, I need to drop maths. Like, that's it. I'm going to keep doing performing arts because I enjoy it and I'm going to drop maths and accounting and business will still be enough for me to go into accounting. Yeah. So I was doing some stuff there, but like not much performing in the grand scheme of things. I was doing a lot of businessy stuff. Yeah. And when I went to look at unis, I originally was going to look at accounting. I was going to look at accounting courses, business courses, and I was walking around and it was so uninspiring for me to hear all these talks about accounting. And like, I get for some people that's like, they enjoy that. But it was just, for me, I was just sitting there like falling asleep. And my mom who was going around with me, I could tell she was also feeling for me like, this isn't really what you want to do. So we decided we'll have a quick look at like the drama stuff while we're here and in like the few that I looked around, I I just loved it, and I could tell my mum was feeling the same thing as me. Like, I'm gonna either live comfortably as an accountant because I I was still alright at accountancy, like in my accountant A level, but I'll never be as happy as if I go and do performing. Yeah, I mean it, it's it, it's one of the things like if if it connects to you, then it connects to you. Like you can't you can't you can't like deny that urge to do it at the end of the day you want to do something that's going to make you happy at uni as well because otherwise you're just going to spend yeah. three years being miserable exactly and it's a lot of money to spend to like get in debt to do it yeah it is what is it like 27 and a half grand 28 and a half grand like yeah just to be sad and it's no what's that edge hill believe it or not was the only musical theater course i applied for the others were all like tv and media stuff yeah, And the reason that I didn't apply for many musical theatres and I didn't apply for any conservatoires or anything like that was because I just couldn't dance. I hadn't danced since I was about nine where I used to do like ballroom and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I just, I couldn't dance. So there was no point in me applying for musical theatre because you have to do dance in the auditions. And when I came to Edge Hill to do that, I was so nervous to do that oh, dance it, audition. It, it, it was terrifying. Like, Absolutely hor- horrific for me. What did you guys dance to in your audition? Uh, Hairspray, You Can't Stop the Beat. Oh, yikes. We had flipping... The song called On Broadway, we had to dance to for ours. Oh, yeah. They, honestly, honestly, one of the most heart-in-mouth moments of my entire life was when I was stood in that dance audition. she just finished, like, teaching us the first part of choreography, and she turned around and said, All right, guys, you've got 16 beats here to just... Do whatever comes. Oh, no, that was, that was terrifying. Yeah. And I was stood there, like, I just walked into this room and looked around and seen all these people stretching, doing the splits, like, doing all these warm-ups. And I walked in and started doing my footy warm-ups, like, is this what I'm supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> and dear Lord. I, my heart just sank at that moment. I was like, I'm never getting in. I'm never getting a place here. And then I got my place through where I needed BCC. Mm. And at Christmas, I was still working at um, my Christmas mocks. This is really embarrassing. My Christmas mocks were UED. Jesus. What's that? Um, for, my, for my A-levels, which is a fail and then an E and a D rather than a BCC. Right, okay. So I, I just knew I really wanted to go there. Yeah. Like, I loved it. I loved it there. I loved the campus. 
I really wanted it. So I just knuckled down. Like, we went to Mallorca. My family went to Mallorca. And the rest of my family went out and swam in the swimming pool while I sat and studied accounting in the hotel. Sam, I want to write a musical about your life <laughs> in college. You see, like, so you see, my life is like off, off Broadway. Sam's is like Broadway. <laughs> see, that's, that is, what, what I've got there is the scene from Legally Blonde when she's studying whilst all the mates are having fun. It's exactly yeah. that. No, but it's so, it's such a weird thing to like wrap your head around. Like, I was like, I have to get good at accounting so that I can go and study musical theatre right now. That is it, That is weird. Like... That is material. Anyway, results day came, and you know what the feeling's like there. And I opened my envelope, and I got BBC from UED. Did well, then. Oh, I was just like... I literally, like, cried with my family. And I, then I, as I opened the letter, I got my email from Edge Hill, like, you've got a place. And I was like, oh, this is just what I want to do. And I'm going to get there, and I'm going to be able to do it with my life. And it's just like... Who cares about a week in Mallorca? Yeah, I think, I think like, the, the dance thing, that was one of the things that me and you first bonded over, I think, Sam. Yeah, our lack of ability. <laughs> this, like, like at, at the time, like, the four lads, we kind of, we got on well enough, but me and you kind of were just like, can you dance? Nope. Can you dance? Nope. I'll stick with you. And then we stick. <laughs> and, uh, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, yeah. I do remember, like, once, in se- in first year even, the first, m- first term... Me and you were just like, oh, we're, 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 we are properly screwed here because we couldn't. We were struggling a lot of it. Yeah. So me and you booked a room and practiced the. Listen, we practiced the warm up routines, not the actual we, dances. Oh my the, god, we worked for hours, didn't we? we yeah, worked we, we for were. Hours. The, listen, we we booked the room for like twelve o'clock to half one. We left at about half five. Yeah. Yikes. And then the next the next lesson, me and Sam would always stand right at the back. Yeah, I mean, you've got it, don't you? Because there are, like, good dancers there, and you don't want to be near the wirrors. Yeah. So Sam gave me a, no- a, a dig in the arm and said, let's go forward, shall we? And we walked to the front of the class, and we stood right on the front row. Oh, my God. <laughs> and the, uh, at the time, I thought, oh, yeah, we're, we're being really, really brave of this. And looking back at it, I'm thinking, that was a stupid decision we could have made. <laughs> Why did we do that? I copied everybody else. Why did I put myself on the front? <laughs> Hello again, I hope you guys are all enjoying the episode. Just a quick note in the middle here to let you know again that today's episode is brought to you by Roan. Roan is clothing that inspires men to live healthy, strong and free. Building best-in-class products is no easy task. In fact, it is a gruelling process of trial, error and at times unexpected success. Roan work tirelessly to ensure the products you order exceed expectations. Roan is clothing made for men specifically, for everything from the gym to the office, and we are teaming up with them and Podgo to bring our listeners this exclusive offer of 25% off a pack of three Roan polo shirts by going to podgo.co slash Roan. That's podgo, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O slash R-H-O-N-E for 25% off a pack of three polos. Roan, clothing that helps you move forward forever. Like, speaking of uni, though, like when you were at university, obviously, what kind, what are your f- finest memories of not just performing at university, but what are your fondest memories of being at university? Apart from obviously meeting me and meeting yeah, Ruben, of course. What were your f- happiest memories of performing at uni and just uni life in general? I have a lot of mixed feelings about uni. That's understandable. Oh yeah, I mean, should we should we go into that? I mean, uh, ailments. <laughs> It's probably something I should bring up straight away. My entire first semester of uni, 
I was completely deaf with glue ear in both ears. Yeah, I remember that. Which, Scott, you know how that feels. It is like... Yes, honestly, it, it is horrendous. You're in your own world. You are literally in your own world. You can't hear anything. Apart from yourself, you've got you've got to learn how to lip read quite yeah not well, but you've got to get the hang of it. And trying to learn about vocal tech, doing our vocal tech module without being able to hear my voice properly was torture. Yeah. And then of course I again I try not to mention this because I feel like I talk about it too much. But then of course second year, just after Christmas, I was hit by a quad bike and snapped my leg in half. Yep. Well, I say snapped my leg in half. Somebody else snapped my leg in half. The quad bike. And then, obviously, from that, a year of treatment, a year of performing on in a wheelchair and in a hospital bed and from crutches wasn't ideal, but I do think I wouldn't be the same both person and actor and performer that I am now if that hadn't happened to me. Yeah, I think you, you adapted to that really well, surprisingly. I... Uh... Whoa. The hard, the hardest moment was when I was lying in my hospital bed and I'd been in hospital like seven days and you guys, you two and, and the rest of the society were performing that night. Yeah. And I had solos in that show. I, I was in group numbers. And, yeah, I had to be you. Yeah. And I was lying there thinking like they're all doing what I love and I won't be able to do it again for a very long time. It was, I think, the, the couple of days after your accident, I messaged the director of that saying, um, if you need me to fill in and do any other bits, let me know. And then she said, oh, you can have this solo, which was meant to be yours. And I was like, oh, cool, fine. And then I got almost thinking, nah, that's Sam's, that's Sam's bit. I don't like that now. It's just like, I was like, it's, it's just weird, like... I mean, the day I found out about your accident, I didn't think it was anything. For some reason, I did, it didn't drop, hit, hit me in the face at the time, thinking, oh, this could be serious. I just thought you were in hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you sent me a photograph of your scan, and I was like, oh, bloody hell, that is not that, that is not an accident. That, that's like, that is an accident, but it's not like a small... Yeah, literally. It's not like a small thing you can fix. No. So, yeah, that, was, that must have been strenuous. I was in hospital for 11 nights, 12 days, and... The day I came out, we worked so hard to keep me at uni because everyone was everyone was telling me, oh, you're so lucky. You're so lucky that it hit your leg and not your spine. You're so lucky to be alive. No, you were, though. You were properly lucky. Yeah, absolutely. But lying in a hospital bed with a cast up to my groin, u- unable to do anything I wanted to do in my life and constantly being told how lucky you are is heart-wrenching. Yeah, I can, I can imagine that. It's it's not what you it's not what you want to hear in the best of times. And I had everyone telling me around me, not my family. They knew what I wanted to happen, and Caitlin. But all the doctors and and all of the people that were kind of involved at uni, I had around me saying, "You need to go home. You need to defer. You need to leave. It's not okay for you to be here." And my family really worked really hard, and and Caitlin worked really hard for me to be able to to stay and. To, to get me a place in halls because I couldn't even go home to my home in Armskirk. Yeah, it was, that, it was a hell of a trek to get from there to there. Yeah, because the step. And then we managed to finally get in contact with someone at uni that really wanted me to stay as well and got my halls. And I just I just remember, well, honestly, one of my nicest memories from uni is the day I got out of hospital and Caitlin and, and my sister Lily and Callum, who was on, 
on the podcast a few weeks back were doing runs from my old house to try and bring anything to my new room that I needed and me having to lie there and watch them and then it got to the night and Caitlin said oh I'm 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 gonna pop out if you don't mind because Double Edge which was our like choir group was was on that night and Caitlin hadn't really been doing anything because she'd been in hospital with me every day and I said to her like I I really want to come and they were not overly keen on me coming I don't think because I'd just come out of hospital I was knackered and I just remember I don't know if you guys all remember but it probably wasn't a big deal for you but wheeling into the room where everyone was rehearsing and everyone in there just looked so happy to see me and everyone like cheered and came over and and hugged me yeah i remember that and i was just like yeah i remember that it was such a nice moment it was just like i've managed to still be here defying the odds to and having so much support around me and being able to still do this despite being literally unable to move or look after myself really kind of like put me on this almost like like a, a platform of myself where nothing in my mind at that moment and still in my mind now really obviously touch wood nothing could be harder than that moment in my life at least nothing has ever been that hard so to be able to like come over the top of it and then obviously go through second year of uni push myself around in a wheelchair with my leg sticking up in the air and still being able to do to write songs for like a whole piece for a, a module and still being able to to perform in in your dissertation Ruben on crutches and and do our good friend uh, Lily May's directing piece on crutches and and things with double edge the uh, acting through songs as well yeah the acting through songs singing Panic at the Disco songs on crutches on a stage in front of people like yeah that that takes skill <laughs> I mean not so much skill but it just yeah I feel like I don't I I don't really take the time to like think about it myself because it's not nice memories but when I do think about it it's like I just it is pride, not just like in myself, but in everyone that helped at all in any way. And like being here now, having done all those performances, I mean, even as simple as I will never take for granted the fact that I can walk around a stage <laughs> unaided. <Yeah. laughs> like when we did Moby Dick and it was my first performance that I'd done on two feet and I was yeah hopping up the scaffolding and like jumping off things and climbing ladders and I could see my mum in the audience looking like literally gritting her teeth every time I had to climb on something or jump off something and it was just like this freedom that I don't think I'll ever take for granted again performing. Well because like, it was a it was it seems reminiscent of your of your childhood climbing things and jumping off things and all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yes, rambunctious toddler Sam Brown. It all comes back around. <laughs> like when you think about it, like I, like I can't speak for like Ruben, but like when we watched the we watched you perform that Panic of the Disco song, we watched you do your Create an MT, we watched you uh, doing all the stuff you could do. It was kind of like it was very very it was very moving for us lot, I think, because it was kind of like he's done. He did what everyone said you wouldn't be able to do, like like yeah, it's like. You, you, it's almost like when you performed, the least the least important thing about that was the fact that you could, you had one leg. It's like that wasn't even the thing you noticed when you were performing, which is kind, it was kind of really really. I mean, one of my believe it or not, my one of my happiest memories is when you did your Panic of a Disco, and literally me, Ruben, Luke, George, we all stood up and cheered. It was kind of like, yeah, yes, like, he's done it! Come on, son, <laughs> get in! Like, Come on, my son. Yes, lad. I think 
during that time, the pinnacle for me was... Do you remember, Ruben, we did um, I Miss the Music, Benjamin Till? Yeah. And it was just for like a, a little event or something. It was me, you, and Ben. And you probably don't even know this, but in our first week of uni, we watched that show where you performed I Miss the Music with Luke and Ben. Yeah. Oh, yeah, me, Luke, and Ben. And I remember sitting and I was watching that and listening to you three and just thinking to myself, like, oh, my God, like, I'm so out of my depth. I sound nowhere near as good as these guys. I can't sing high. You can sing high. No, no, no. Listen, Ruben, at this time, when I joined uni, my high note was a D. And that's not an exaggeration. I could only reach a D. (laughs) (laughs) I did that performance of the same song where I was singing Luke's part, which was like the highest part. Yeah, which hits an A, just saying. With a crutch and an A. And I remember doing it, finishing the song, and like starting to crutch off the stage. Ben, like, put his arm around me and like gave me a hug as we were like walking off and i mean i have so much respect for ben richardson like oh he's a he's a gem absolute gem ben raymond if you will ben raymond yeah my apologies he i could say without a doubt hands down is my hero i i have so much respect for him i think he's an amazing person and one of the best singers and actors i've ever seen in my life and he like put his arm around me gave me a hug and I remember coming off and one of our lecturers who I, I will not go into great naming details about was there and she just said like you do realize Sam like you're never going to be able to pull a sickie ever again at this uni because like now we know what you can do y- you've been coming and you've been sick the whole time <laughs> I know exactly which lecture yeah. you mean and I can totally see yeah. you I, th- I, think I, I think I know <laughs> and like that feeling of just like you say Ruben doing the things that everyone said you you couldn't do and even more satisfying doing the things that you once said you yourself you couldn't do yeah i think all of us now that we've now that we've gone through our backstories um like we've all had a bit of that where at some point in our lives someone has said to us that's not a thing that you can do and we've believed it yeah obviously and then at some other point afterwards we've gone yes i can come on then our stories are all very different but they're, they're all they're all very similar as well. They just t- they just are put in different chronological order. Mm. Like Sam was a loud child, I was a quiet child. <laughs> Reuben, was, Reuben was a mix of both. We've all got setbacks, and we've all kind of come out of it in our own way. Really, yeah. That's it's another thing as well. Like, I well, growing up, I it was very. It's very tough for me to make friends with lads. If I'm like, I've always believe it or not, I've always been a bit of a ladies' man. Uh, <laughs> hey. Classic. No, I mean, I mean, ladies. Hey, <laughs> uh, ladies. I thought I, but I've managed to, I managed to bond with women better than I do blokes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. I think because obviously, a bit when you're an actor and you do musical theatre, you've got to be in touch with like your inner feminine side, shall we say? Well, more women like it, so you've got more in common with women. I know it's brilliant, <laughs> <laughs> but like. So when you, when I went to university as well and art college as well to be honest, all the fact that I met a group of lads and we all bonded like properly solidified by the end of like six months, it was like really good. Like obviously met we met Ruben in first year, didn't really bond. Second year we're like best mates. Same with the rest of the lads in Ruben's year. Yeah. So it's 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 a, it's a huge bit of camaraderie. Even with even with the girls as well, we all kind of been on this similar journey. We all kind of bonded together, and now look at us. We're making a podcast with probably about arguably about twenty people listening per week. <laughs> oh, I mean, a bit generous. Yeah. Oh, but you know, Sam. After all this, 
reflection. What is your New Year's resolution for the upcoming year? Well, boys, I'm off. I'm going. I mean, yeah, you do, you're doing things. You're going. I'm moving. I'm going to Dorset. He's going to Dorset and he's singing. Did you get the job? Um, I got the job, Scott. Yes, lad! <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I didn't know this. I'm sure he told us that. I think I did. I'm pretty sure he put it in in the face radio chat. No, I mean like no, you you, you told you told the chat, and then you said, "Oh, I don't want to." I'm still going through the the details and stuff like that. So okay. I thought, "Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah." It could be cancelled, but no, it's going. Yes, lad. I'm going. Yeah. I've got my trains booked. I'm moving to Weymouth, and I am going to be performing in a holiday park there until November. Well, hey, brilliant. So what? What's your what? What's your resolution? <laughs> I well, the main thing for right now is during my time doing that work, my resolution is to make sure I devote time to this with you boys. Hey, oh, that's cute. Well, not so much even being cute. Like this has saved me during lockdown. This oh, was like God, yeah, s- like such a good yeah, thing fully. for me during lockdown. And I, I really think it's improved my mental health a lot. Focusing on this. So I need to just make sure I give myself time to continue the good work and the progress we've made, you know, promoting it, editing it, recording it, making sure there's enough time to do that on top of my other life engagements. It's not. It's nice just to have a chat with... Yeah. Like, with the greatest respect, I, I love my mum and I love my sister, you know what I mean? But <laughs> bloody hell, I was getting... I was getting tired of the usual Scott, get out of bed, Scott, do your work, Scott, do. I'm like, <laughs> love for to do, but like. Let's just, let's just have a chat about lizard people and the flat earth. That would be fun. Yeah. But I mean, by this point, I know uh, it's a little behind when this episode comes out. It's probably going to be like, what, February? But I think, as a note, I know it might be a bit late now with when this episode airs, but as a note to everyone listening, to all of our friends, to all of the people that came through uni with us and that we've known throughout our lives just doing acting and performing on behalf of myself and i mean probably reuben and scott unless they have any mortal enemies they'd like to tell me about first they know who they are i'd just like to say for 2021 we all hope that you find success you find happiness and that you just have a better year than last oh yeah 2021 guys it's gonna be the crackadinger also for anybody who's been our friend in uni who has given us a morale boost or have given us advice on how to improve our abilities and support that we've needed or confidence boosters or anything like that thank you legends yeah absolutely it's there are so many people that we met throughout uni and worked with and stuff like that throughout our careers i suppose that I, st- I i messaged claire today for some advice on my new project and i was like yeah should i do this she was like yeah i was like Great. And I love that we have now built up these connections. That's yeah. one of the things I love the most about performing arts is like you build up these links that you can then just use forever. Quick shameless plug for near the end of the episode. Our, uh, If you like um, listening to us ramble on, uh, it probably will be much better and nothing similar, but our good uni friends, Matlock and Hod, I think they're going by. Is that what they're calling themselves now? Yes, Matlock and Hod. Uh, Something Matlock like Hod that, yeah. Are starting a very own podcast uh, called This Could Get Weird. Um, not sure if it is out by the time this episode airs, but if it is, we'll be sure to leave a link in the bio. Go and check them out because they are very funny ladies and you should not miss out on their content that, that they are creating. We love to see the podcast train being boarded, especially by our friends. 
Yeah. On that bandwagon, we love to see it. Lad, yes, Scott. Would you like the final Scotty or Notty of this miniseries? I would love it. You know, Scott, I would love the final Scotty or Notty of this miniseries. Obviously, there's going to be more to come, but just not as part of the series. But this will be the last one. <laughs> called the police when I heard somebody breaking into my house. However, I later found out that the person who had broken into my house was a policeman who had arrived after seeing the door was wide open. Naughty. Scotty. Are you going to ask a question? I mean... Okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so, let me get this straight, Scott. So you're, I imagine, in bed. Uh, yeah. You are, um, you sort of hear a noise downstairs. You come downstairs holding, like, a wiffle ball bat or something in my head. Um, um, well... I'd, I'd come home from a night out, uh, yeah. and my mum and my sister were not in the house. They were somewhere else. I think Alex had gone to hospital for some reason, and my mum was gone with her. So I was home alone, and I'd staggered in to my house, as I, as I usually do at the end of a night out. It's got you soon. About four in the morning, and I'd gone to bed. Yep. I then hear some noises downstairs, and I think, oh dear, I'm, someone, someone's, someone's breaking in. I then grab the nearest thing to me, which turns out was a pillow. Like, that would ever have done anything in that scenario whatsoever. So you went downstairs armed with something that's famously soft. Yeah. I was, I was, quite, I was still quite, you know, drunk at the time. I went downstairs, turned on the light, and there standing there was a police officer in full uniform, properly. And he spoke, he said something into his uh, little walkie-talkie. And then two more police cars pulled up outside the house. They sat me down, gave me a water, and explained to me that when I'd come into the house, that I'd left the door wide open, and my neighbours had phoned the police, thinking that I was breaking into my own house. Wow. Wait, with a key? Yeah, I'd, well, I'd, t- I'd opened the door with the key. I'd then taken the key out of the door, put it in my pocket, and for some reason thought, I need to go to bed now, and staggered up the stairs, leaving the door wide open. And obviously, because it was a windy night, the, the the wind kept banging the door, which woke me up in the first place. And then, yeah, the policeman was downstairs. Okay, so how old were you, and who else was in the house? It was just me, and I was 19. Where was everyone else? As, as I've just said, Alex was in hospital overnight, and my mum was with her. Ah. Yeah, so it was just me, and we didn't have the dog back then either. So, I, obviously, I'd just, I just come home. But I'm on a night out, I'll get absolutely bladdered, because nobody's going to be home when I get there, so... No sneaking in anywhere, and then, yeah, that happened. Okay, I am going to go ahead, and there were a couple of details. Like, I don't know if it's that I think you got the dog earlier, like when you were 18, or something seems off, I'm going to go naughty. I'm sticking with naughty as well. Well, uh, Ruben, I got Piper the dog in December, and I was 19, and you are both correct, it was a naughty. There we go. So at the moment... The winner of Sam Brown is leading five points to Ruben's one. So Ruben's four, even. <laughs> that was almost a lot worse for you, Ruben. Yeah, I was going to say what Christ. you say. Yeah, so Sam Brown is currently in the lead. And Ruben, you need to get to know me more. Come on, mate. Well, <laughs> honestly, I just have faith that you have these wild and wacky adventures that sometimes you just don't. Yeah. So... Honestly, Scott, be more exciting. Live. More exciting? Have you heard the one that I did the other week? I got headbutted by an elf. Yeah, and you didn't when you didn't dress as Mrs. Claus. <laughs> Which is not well, Scott. Hopefully, after these last few episodes, Ruben has got to know you a little more, and as have 
our audiences who have joined us on the journey. Um, if you have enjoyed these episodes, please let us know because, you know, it was a little more deep and a little less comedic than usual, but that's just what we wanted to do, so we just did it. For all of you listening, thank you very much. This is a swift and airborne goodbye from Dart Flight Creator, Ruben Aston. Hang about, let me stand up. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye! <laughs> see the little the little wobbles on the uh, on the on the sound oh. system that prove that you can hear me standing up and jumping up and down when I said that. Excellent. I thought Excellent. you were running to be honest. No, but then I wouldn't be airborne. What I got. And you might not catch it because his mouth's full of boiled sweets. It's got Copeland. I didn't catch it. He's right. Well, well, well you you two cut off then. Oh, it was a tech thing. I thought that was Scott being yeah. funny. I'll do that again. You might not catch it because his mouth's full of boiled sweets. It's got Copeland. You two have broken up again, or a... he's done it again. He's done it again, Ruben. He's done it again. Swear to God, Scott, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yeah, but you went silent midway through sentence. This is the last attempt. Okay, this is your last chance. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> you might not catch it because his mouth's full of boiled sweets. It's Scott Copeland. Mm. Wow. <laughs> the payoff. That was the so payoff. Epic. God. The payoff God damn it, huge. Scott! You drive me insane. <laughs> We got there. And, of course, this is not goodbye from me. It is never goodbye. It's just a see you later on our next episode of Face for Radio. Take care, guys. Crikey dinger.